Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 59, produced 16 February 2019. Tartan, a crisscrossed pattern of horizontal and vertical bands in multiple colors, most often produced as a fabric, woven originally of wool, but today produced in a variety of other materials, including papers and plastics. Still, tartan is primarily found in fashion design, from kilts to scarves to gowns to ties and so on. I'm Glenn Moyer, and in a moment we'll meet one Scottish artisan who sees tartan as a focal point. Not in fashion design, but in art. X marks the spot, the geographic art of Palmer Designs Scotland, when we return. Scotland offers many things to many people. Its history is filled with stories of great leaders like William Wallace and Robert the Bruce, of battles like Bannockburn and Culloden. Its culture includes whiskey and tartan, castles and clans. It's a land of great literature, invention and innovation, of sweeping vistas and great glens and shimmering lochs. For millions around the world, Scotland is key to their ancestry, to who they are, to where they've come from. It's a haven for wildlife and a paradise for sport. Indeed, Scotland has something for almost everyone. In 2019, why not plan to visit and discover for yourself just what Scotland has to offer for you? Show someone a piece of tartan fabric and they most likely will immediately conjure up an association with Scotland, more specifically a Scottish clan, even though such affiliations are a mid-19th century creation. Original Highland tartans were associated only with regions or districts, not clans. While tartan is not of Scottish origin, the earliest known examples of tartan being traced to ancient Celtic populations of Central Europe, it is today iconically Scottish having been adopted as the national dress of Scotland in 1782 following the repeal of the Dress Act of 1746 that effectively sought to ban the wearing of tartan as a means of bringing warrior highland clans under governmental control. As noted earlier, tartan was originally woven of wool and even today is most often thought of as a fabric, though it can be produced in paper, plastic, and other materials. Its uses as a fabric are endless from the traditional kilt to wedding gowns, ties, scarves, skirts, shoes, caps, and, well, just about any item of clothing you care to mention. But tartan as a fabric is not just for fashion. Tessa Palmer was born in the Argyle region of Scotland, grew up there and studied math at St. Andrews University, going on to work in investment banking. 
While at university, she met her future husband, an American, and the two would marry and initially move to his hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. Today, the couple make their home in Dornock, in the North Scottish Highlands, where Tessa, true to her Scottish roots, has turned from finances to artistry, creating a vast array of unique art using tartan as a focal point. Her art is primarily geographic in nature. Monotone maps are outlines of Scotland or just about any other locale you care to name, with tartan providing the color, the pattern, and often a personal connection to the piece for the buyer. As Palmer designs Scotland, her art can be found online and is marketed to Scot-loving customers worldwide. Ironically, Tessa says her art was born of equal parts necessity and homesickness. So the first piece that I ever made, um, I was living in Boston in the States um, for a couple of years. And while I was waiting for my work permit, actually, I was looking around the house and thinking, oh, I, I could do some more art here. And I was really missing Scotland as well. So I decided to make some of my own artwork for the walls. And the first piece I ever made was a really nice big map of Scotland with some tartan in the background. And I thought, hey, this looks really great. Uh, lots of really good compliments as well. And, you know, a little after that, I thought, you know, there's so many different tartans that I could use and it'd be really cool to make different varieties of these for different people. So, yeah, it's kind of born from there. And was it was it just homesickness that led you to create the, the map of Scotland, that that was your first piece? Was there any significance to that? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely wanted something Scottish on the walls. And, you know, Tartan is such an important piece of Scotland. And I just, I absolutely love maps as well. So I, I love having maps on the walls or anything to do with travel or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the first piece that I made was something just to really remind me of home and a, you know, a really cool piece to, to have on the wall. And so what is the fascination with maps? Uh, that's um, a, a, a central part of, uh, of what you do, I believe, with Palmer Designs. So um, is there a geographer in your background or is that your favorite <laughs> subject in school? Or um, Not everybody starts out drawing maps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, I just think, and I think the, the outline of Scotland is just so unique. Um, I, I grew up on the West Coast and the West Coast is notorious for having all different, you know, peninsulas and islands and inlets. And it's just such a unique coastline. So, you know, I, I love the shapes that the maps create. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I, I love I love traveling as well. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Each country is so unique and um each of the outlines for each of the different countries just says so much about that country, I think. Um, and, and at the time, I was living in Boston in the States as well, and, and people are very proud of their states and their state outlines. So I, th I think that had some inspiration there too. And I've certainly done a lot of uh, state maps as well as country maps and island maps. So, With your first piece being a map of Scotland, Tartan was a natural. But um, when you do a, a map of, for example, the state of Texas, my home, putting tartan there seems maybe a bit unusual. Yeah, it's true. Um, I have experimented with some different fabrics and even different types of paper as well. You can get some really neat um, pattern papers, but I, I keep coming back to tartan because it's just the, the patterns and the colors in the tartans are just so amazing. And, and there's so many different types as well. There's over 4,000 official tartans and many more <laughs> 
um, than that as well. And, you know, even though Tartan might not make sense for the outline of Texas, for example, there's a lot of people there who have some kind of connection with Scotland. Either they used to live in Scotland or maybe their son or daughter went there or, or some kind of connection in their heritage. So, you know, although at the face of it, it might seem a little odd, there's there's often a lot of connections that can be made. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people just love the patterns as well. You can get some really cool, colorful patterns, blues, reds, you know, all, all the colors of the rainbow, really. So I, I think, you know, from that perspective as well, each, each piece is unique. There's endless options. <laughs> sure. And, and of course, there are all the, the clan tartans. And then, as you say, there's all kinds of personal tartans and organization. I mean, there's thousands of, I think there's over 10,000 registered tartans, if I remember the numbers properly. Um, and there are uh, millions of uh, Scott diaspora who live uh, around the world, as you say, just there's a lot of uh, uh, folks in Texas, myself, who have Scottish connection, but uh, people all around the world. So do you find that um, the typical buyer for your art has a Scottish connection, as you say, either uh, via travel or perhaps more specifically via uh, some sort of family connection? Um, yeah, I'd say it's a mix of both, I think. Um, I do find that most of my international orders, they, you know, you can quite often see it in their surname when they're placing an order that they have some kind of um, connection there in the family. And and locally, I, I think it's a mix of either tourists kind of buying for themselves, wanting to take a piece of Scotland um, home with them, or it might be, um, again, kind of family um, heritage locally. Um, I, I do a lot of wedding pieces as well, which is really cool because you often have two different tartans for the bride and groom coming together mm. in one piece, which I think look really, really cool. So it, it's really fun to incorporate two different types there. And being in Scotland, how is your art received there? I'm always curious. I mean, I know um, uh, Scott Diaspora and people with connections to Scotland around the world we enjoy tartan, but we don't see it necessarily every day. That's not to say people in Scotland are always walking around dressed in tartan. I know they're not. Yeah. Um, but do Scots sometimes have a, an attitude like, oh, no, another piece of tartan? Or, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God, somebody else is doing something with tartan, you know. <laughs> or, or are they really appreciative of it? Is, is it well received there by, by – because you do a lot of – a lot of your sales, I know, are at uh, – markets and fairs and that sort of thing there in Scotland. So I guess I'm answering my own question. Clearly, if it wasn't well received, you wouldn't be doing it. But I'm just curious about the reaction that uh, that Scots have when they see uh, tartan <laughs> used as art and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, it's a fair question. And actually, I, I think that's the attitude that my dad has. <laughs> so he was actually born in England, but he's, he's lived here now in the country for 35 plus years but I think he does kind of have that attitude you know oh no not another piece of tartan here (laughs) (laughs) um but now the the reception has just been amazing at all the kind of local markets and crafts fairs that I do um and a lot of people just haven't seen it before either they they think it's a really cool unique product and the the whole range of different countries and and different types of um, designs that I do is is something that they've not really seen it before. So there's always new ways to use tartan. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I was going to say tartan, we typically think of it as, uh, as fabric and used for clothing, kilts, et cetera. And so using it in art uh, was one of the things that struck me when I first saw your account on Instagram was, wow, that's really a unique way of using 
uh, tartan. I mean, there are other people who use tartan to to do handbags and cushions and things like that. But to me, that's all still a use of it, the fabric as a fabric. And you're using it as an expression of art, design, and color. It's not really critical that it's fabric per se. What do you think is the the universal, almost universal, I guess I should say, appeal of tartan? It's a good question. I, I think one of the things for me about it is it's just so inherently Scottish. You know, there's there's aside from Ireland, which is obviously very closely related in its history to to Scotland. Um, you know, it's, when you see a piece of tartan, you immediately think of Scotland, and you you think of the bagpipes, and you think of the haggis. And for me, when I see tartan, I think that's kind of that sense of Scottishness and almost a sense of pride. Um, that comes with it is something that springs to my mind. And I, I think that's widely um, what appeals to other people as well. They they see these colorful towns, they think, oh, you know, it's, it's time for another trip to Scotland. Or, <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed myself in Scotland. I want to take a unique piece of it home with me, which which often has something to do with tartan. So, um, and there's just so many designs as well. I think, you know, as you rightly said, you could have cushions, scarves, blankets. I've even seen dog collars as well with different tar and the, the uses for it are just, you know, unlimited really. So um, it's, it's certainly appealable to a lot of people. Your original art was maps, i.e. a design of the state of Texas or of Scotland or wherever, where the tartan fills the design and becomes sort of the focus. But you also do work like cityscapes and I guess just scenes. I'm thinking of the one I've seen of yours of uh, Edinburgh Castle high up on the hills uh, where the tartan is the background to the image. It, it basically fills in the sky. What are the different approaches to that uh, in your style of art? Um, yeah, so it's, it's a good point. I mean, often the, the tartan can be great as a focal point, especially there's a lot of uh, busier tartans as well that are really colorful with... Um, you know, some quite complicated designs in them, um, or, or some of them can be a bit simpler. So there's there's certainly different ways that you could use uh, tartan, just depending on its pattern. So uh, how did you, if I can use the term incorrectly, how did you graduate? How did you move from just maps to uh, cityscapes and scenery? Um, so, yeah, obviously Scotland has been a central design in my work, Um but to me, there's there's certainly a lot more to Scotland from a design perspective than just the country outlines. So there's so many great iconic buildings and landmarks here. For example, the castles um, that I really wanted to incorporate into my designs. So that's you know where I started experimenting with them. And um, I have three castles in my range at the moment, um, but hopefully wanting to add a full range of castles, especially local ones, I think would be really great uh, to... My product range this year um, and and also some of the more regional designs too I, I think there's so many great islands on the west coast and each of those have a really cool outline you know with that with the different islands so that'll be something really great to add to which mm-hmm. I've started to do but there's always more <laughs> take me through the process then um uh, for example, let's just say, let's just use a map of Scotland for the moment. And some people 
probably listening, if they haven't seen your art, and we'll have photos of it on the show notes and the and the blog on the website to accompany the podcast. But we're talking about basically an outline that's cut out and then with tartan used as a backing, if you will, that it fills the outline. Uh, but take me through that process. This is all very much a handcrafted art, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the um, the very first design that I did, and actually for almost eight months or so after that, I, I used to cut them all by hand with a little exacto knife. But once the business started to grow, I realized that's not quite sustainable. Um, so to start my designs, I find a good map image um, of wherever I'm doing, say of Scotland. And quite often I use Google Maps, actually. And I have some really cool software on my computer where I can draw the outline um, by hand. Um, I then I have a cutting machine, a paper cutting machine that I use to cut the design out of card. And I assemble it with um, a piece of tartan, whichever one the customer has asked for. And I kind of layer it up. And I, I try and really pick out the, the focal point of the tartan too. You know, there's always, I think, an interesting uh, section of the tartan that can fit in well with the map so that you've got a good cross point in the middle of the country, for example, or, or you know, it makes a really nice design. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I make it. <laughs> okay. Well, and and you just kind of jumped ahead of where I was going, but but in the, the uh, interest of transparency, you, you did a piece for me um, that I'm quite proud of that has the map of Texas and the map of Scotland together. Um, and, and my personal, using my personal tartan, which was inspired by the, in large part, the Texas flag and the Scottish flag. And I don't know if, I don't recall if we discussed this or not, but if we haven't, kudos to you, because what I, one of the things that I, not only do I just love the piece, but what I loved about it was how you used the, as you say, the focal points of the tartan, the, the Texas outline has the the darker section of the tartan it's it's in for people who haven't seen it it's in shades of blue navy blue um the sky blue of the saltire and cobalt blue with a red and a white uh, cross through and um on the piece of art you did for me the the texas map is filled with the darker blue with the red strike through um and the darker blue of course coming from the texas flag whereas this and it has both the red and the white cross through in it as the texas flag does a single stripe of red and white whereas the scottish map outline is filled with the lighter blue section of the tartan um, with just the white strike through more resemblant of uh the saltire and that really impressed me when I saw the art that you had done for me. And I don't know if that occurred just by happenstance, if it was just luck of the draw, that that's the way the piece of tartan behind it fit. Or if I've never looked to see, did she cut the tartan and, and position it that way or not? But I thought it was brilliant. So don't take away from your brilliance that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm showering you with here. <laughs> One of the tricky parts is actually because each piece of fabric is you know just that woven from different threads trying to get it aligned so that it's straight in the frame with both the top and the bottom can actually be quite challenging if the piece of fabric itself is not straight so yeah I use all sorts of kind of tape in the background to make sure it's it's properly aligned but it's all one piece Um, and, and for some of the more complex designs as well I still finish them by hand um, particularly for some of the letters or, or for some of the detailing in the castles. So, 
Well, and that was another thing that impressed me about your art and particularly my piece is I thought the lettering was just printed onto the card. And it wasn't until I actually had it and held it in my hands that I realized, like the maps, the letters are actually cut out and the tartan um, fills those letters, shows through from, because the, essentially the card with the, the cutout is laid on top of the tartan. So the tartan shows through Um and that I thought was striking. I, in looking at your pictures on Instagram, I didn't realize that it wasn't until I saw the piece of art in my hands and went, wow, you know, kind of a, a nice little surprise when receiving your, your artwork. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I'd love maybe to do one day to have unframed or framed pieces that, that don't have the glass in front of them, because in some ways it's really nice to be able to touch and feel the fabric um, they're all 100% woolen fabrics woven right here in Scotland. And sometimes it feels a shame just to, to put that behind a piece of glass that no one could ever touch yeah. again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I certainly put a lot of effort into making sure it's it's lined well with um, whatever design it is and it kind of complements the outline in that way. Do you ever have difficulty locating or uh, accessing uh, a tartan? Has someone ever come to you with, with a really unusual or off the wall or, or oblique kind of tartan that you've had to go source somewhere? Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, funnily enough, I think some people kind of think, Oh, every surname has a tartan, which is really not the case. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of, so obviously all the major clans have tartans, but there are a lot of sets, uh, sorry, seps, S E P T. Right. Um, as well, which are almost kind of like a subsection of the clan. So even if your surname may not be a tartan in and of itself, it could belong to um, you know the wider clan, and therefore you could use that kind of parent clan as as your own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've certainly had lots of requests, and I do my very best to find them. Um, and obviously, I'll make it if I can. Um, but, but not every tartan you, you can use as well. Some of them have rights on them, which prohibit you from using them hmm. <laughs> in a kind of commercial aspect. So, yeah, it's always a challenge. I love a good challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and I understand what you're saying about the Sept, because technically my Scottish ancestry is through the Breckenridge family. And the Breckenridge is not a clan. They are, however, a recognized Sept of Clan Douglas. And so... Hmm. Now that I have my own tartan, I obviously tend to wear that. But but as a member of a sept of a clan, I'm entitled to wear uh, the clan Douglas tartan. Of course, the reality is, and and I'm surprised how many people don't realize this. And I guess it's because of the the strong clan affiliation with tartans. Is that the truth of the matter is anybody can wear any tartan. If I want to go out and wear a McDonald tartan, I'm not breaking any law. I'm not going to be thrown into Scottish prison and Fred, you know, haggis and whiskey for the rest of my life. Although that wouldn't be such a bad thing, I suppose. Uh, but you you can literally use any tartan, you know, that that you wish. That there isn't a law that says well only. Um, only the McDonald's can wear the McDonald's tartan, though that is often um, a protocol, I guess, that we assign to tartan sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And and if you go, you know, a lot of the shops around here, they have these beautiful range of scarves and you can buy them in any tartan that you like, which is just amazing. And there's no right or wrong tartan for you. You don't have to have a clan. And I, I think that's one of the amazing things about it. You know, choose choose a tartan that you like. Um you know, if it has meaning to you, great. If not, it's it's a really cool piece 
of Scotland that you can use and, and wear and enjoy. So yeah, there, there's certainly no restriction in that regard. Yeah. I mean, if in my case, blue is my favorite color. And so there's, there's nothing that says I can't go out and, and have a variety of, of, uh, primarily blue tartans uh, and there are lots of uh, all the primary colors there's plenty of greens and reds and blues and yellows and on and on and on purples and oranges and whatnot so uh, you, depending on whatever your color is i'm sure you could find a tartan that you like whether you have uh, an affiliation to the tartan or even to scotland or not as you said it's a it's a unique fabric in the sense of just its its color and design um mm. in terms of designs is there anything that you prefer to stay away from? I mean, like, do you do Scotty dogs or, you know, cat outlines, those kinds of things? Or do you prefer to, to limit your product to a, a to a different type of um, design, I guess? Um, yeah, one of, one of the, there, there's certainly the opportunity to do almost any shape, actually. And I'm constantly coming up with new ideas and have to almost rein myself in a little bit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I try for the moment, just to focus kind of geographically, um, you know, it's started as country outlines and state outlines and has since expanded um, to islands and, you know, starting to explore different kind of buildings as well, like the castles and the cityscapes. Um, but, you know, I, I always have new ideas for things. Um, and certainly there's a lot of iconic shapes and animals um, that I could certainly play around with uh, for the frames. And they're always in the back of my mind. There's always more to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, a nice shaggy coup, I think, in Tartan could be quite interesting, you know. Um, yes, I actually, I did um, a Highland cow for, I should say Highland coup. Yeah. Um, for a client. Um, they were looking for a unique piece for a friend's newborn baby um, oh. the design of a Highland coup and the name and the date of the birth. So that was a really nice idea. Um, so I do actually have that design. So I should, should add that to my product range. There you go. Well, and, um, and that brings me to, uh, we spoke a little earlier about the piece that you did for me and you do bespoke work or what we would call here in the States custom work. Tell me a little bit about that. And what are the, some of the more unique pieces that you've been asked to do? Yeah, there's. Um, I, I love doing bespoke pieces. Um, I, I think that's, for me, that's where I find the most joy out of the work is is using a a tartan or a fabric that really means something to the client and putting that in a bespoke piece for them that really means a lot. So I mean, those are my favorite kind of jobs. Um, and yeah, I've certainly had a range. Um, I, I remember. Someone was asking for wedding invites recently, actually, which is a really cool idea. Um, unfortunately, I had to turn it down at the moment. But it's, it's you know, the, the fact that someone can kind of see uh, my work and see it in different capacities that I might not be able to see it in, like a cutout for a wedding design with their wedding tartan in it. It's, it's just something that's really cool. So, yeah, there's always more opportunity to do different designs and expand into different areas. So. Is most of your work done for individuals or do you get into doing work for uh, like corporate gifts or corporate offices, that sort of thing? Um, at the moment, it's it's been all for individuals. There's a couple of opportunities I'm exploring for the year. Um, for example, I'm working with a local B&B, which is really exciting, that are hoping to deck out the inside of all their rooms um, for their for their B&B with different designs. So they might have, for example, an Edinburgh Castle room where there's a big piece of Edinburgh Castle um, as well as some of the smaller pieces as well. So 
um, yeah, I'm, I'm exploring a few options um, at the moment, largely for individuals, but um, we'll see what happens by the end of the year. Does size matter? Uh, the piece that you did for me is about an eight by 10 inch size. Um, I can't get into meters and metrics and centimeters and all that. My mind doesn't go there yet because I live here in the States. But I mean, have you done any five foot by seven foot pieces or gigantic pieces like that? Or is it most of it relatively <laughs> compact? The the very first piece I made was a much bigger frame. It was a 16 by 20. Mm. And while I was living in the States, actually, I most of my pieces were that bigger size, a 16 by 20 inches. And I would love to do those again. Um, the only reason I stopped, unfortunately, was because of postage. <laughs> um, because a lot of my clients are overseas. Um, it's a kind of prohibitively expensive to post those sometimes, which is a real shame. Um, but um, uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm just offering the 8 by 10 inches. But I really, really want to start doing the bigger ones again because you, you just get so much more of the fabric and the pattern and the color in those bigger pieces and you can really make a bit more of a statement in a room too yeah and and technically you can't uh like i just bought a, a painting from a friend on the isle of sky and um and it's such that you know she can roll it up and mail it in the tube but your art you really can't do that with no, no. Um, without doing any kind of print or anything like that, which I don't really want to go into because then you kind of lose the, the 3D aspect of it. Um, it's, it's certainly a bit more tricky to ship, but it's a fun challenge and <laughs> hopefully I'll, I'll be able to come up with a solution this year. Um, maybe start selling them locally and um, look into different shipping options. But yeah, I, I used to do those and they're, they're really very popular. Um, clients would often order multiple at a time to, to give to friends and family. So, you know, I, I hope to add the bigger ones back. I found you on uh, through your Instagram account. Is that your primary marketing outlet along with obviously doing um, personal uh, or appearing in person at, at various markets and fairs there across Scotland? Or do you make your work available through various stockists around the country? Is it found in, for example, the gift shop at Edinburgh Castle? Um, so I have a stockist locally, um, which will be uh, starting around April this year. Um, can't announce them just yet, but that'll be um, really great to to have those locally. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of my marketing is particularly heavily over the um, holiday season, over kind of Christmas time. Um, I, I do a lot of summer shows as well. So for example, like the Highland Games, um, there's a, the European Piping Championships in Inverness, which I'll be at again this year. Um, so there's certainly a lot of opportunity locally just to kind of get out there and get my face out there. But um, yeah, there's, there's, um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook as well. And also my uh, website too. I have a mailing list as well, which I periodically email with some um, new designs or, or newsletters or something like that. What, if any, formal art training did you have when you started this? Or was it was it literally just as simple as you wanted some art for your walls and decided to make your own? Yeah, I don't have any formal art training, actually. Um, I studied math at university and <laughs> um, I've worked in finance for my career. So, um, yeah, I've, I've always been creative and I, I always love creating art and playing around with designs and drawing and everything. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of started as just a little hobby and has, has since grown into something more, which is really fun. As you've touched on, obviously, there are thousands of tartans out there, and I'm sure you've worked with many, many different ones uh, in the course of the range of your products. 
do you have, I guess I never asked this, do you have a family tartan and or do you have a favorite tartan, one that you particularly enjoy working with? <laughs> um, so my grandfather is actually Irish, my father's father, um, and my maiden name is Moran, M-O-R-A-N, and there's a Moran tartan. So if I had a family tartan, it would be that one. Um, and as far as favorite tartan goes, that's a really hard question. There's just so many really, really great ones. And as you know, each clan not only has one tartan, there's different varieties of the tartans yeah. too. So you have the, the modern version, the ancient version, the dress version. So it could be really hard. Um, I, I think in general, I actually kind of like the ancient tartans. They tend to be a little bit lighter. Um, and you kind of get the nice kind of uh, autumny like oranges and reds, which I really like. So even just Buchanan Ancient, that's, that's one of my favorites, actually. I really like that one. But, oh, it's, it's hard to choose. I, I really enjoy just dealing with all of them. I think one of my favorites, actually, and I, I came across this just the other week, is the Macbeth Tartan. It's really fun. It's it's colorful. It's got yellows and reds and greens and blues, and it's it's, it's really, really nice. It's one that I haven't seen too often, but I got a custom order for it and I thought, wow, this is a really great tartan. Um, and I, I love a new order that comes in with a tartan that I might not have seen before. Um, there's, there's always something new. So yeah, it's, it's too hard to pick just one. <laughs> I have to agree. It's just too hard to pick just one favorite tartan. Having had my own personal bespoke tartan designed and woven in the past year, I am partial to it, but there are many others I like. And Tessa is correct. The Macbeth tartan is quite beautiful. It reminds me of the Royal Stuart, only with blue as the primary color instead of red. And I'm pleased to say there will be, at some point in the future, an Under the Tartan Sky tartan. But that's another story for another time. My thanks to my guest, Tessa Palmer, for sharing with us a glimpse into her world of tartan artistry. If you'd like to see her art, we have examples, including the bespoke piece that I commissioned, in our show notes on our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And we'll have links to her website and various social media where you can learn more and place your own order if you're so inclined. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev, I guess Alpa Kibra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartan sky. That's the underscore symbol tartan sky and thank you for listening <laughs>